What's going on, good people? I'm back, and uh, I kind of got lost in a book over the last week, and I want to give you guys some things I pulled out of it that just blew my mind, right? Um, you know, I'm not really, uh, I don't go out there and let people know I'm like a bookworm and all the other jazz. I do enjoy a good book that, that allows me to, to turn some pages. But before I get into the book, just give you guys a little backtrack of the week. So we started softball here in the Kalush Casa. Uh, my little softball player, uh, you know, you might know her, her name is Ava. Um, she had her first game this past Saturday, opening day. Man, opening day over here. I, I didn't realize how uh, suburbia my um, suburbia was, but this shit was the, the mecca of uh, suburban Saturdays. There was a, a parade to open for opening day, so all the teams from, the, from T-ball all the way up through... Um, the junior hires, uh, you know, got their teams, got banners all done up, and they they paraded into the field where there was um, a, a legendary um, player that resides here in Norfolk that played in the in the Negro uh, baseball league, uh, throwing the first pitch, and Chick Fil A was out there, and the damn uh, Chick Fil A. Um, Mascot was out there. Of course, it'd be Chick Fil A too. You know, what I mean, what what better represents suburba, suburba, suburbia, and suburban ha- households and families than Chick Fil A? You know, it's not McDonald's, man. You find that shit in the hood. Just kidding. We find you find that shit everywhere. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, Chick Fil A was out there. Some fucking ice truck called Kona Ice. Um, I don't know, man. It was it was uh, it was pretty dope to see uh, all the leggings that you can imagine with the Stanley Cups in hand, all the dudes with their uh, baseball caps and their their Carhartt, you know, uh, hoodies on. It was beautiful. Everybody was dressed the same, literally. <laughs> I love it. Oh man. Anyway, so that that, that uh, opening day happened. Uh, Ava, she's on uh, the Hokies, and she uh, her, her team. Won their first game. So good, man. So good. She got a hit on the ball and everything. Um, didn't get on base. Didn't score, but they won. And then more importantly, yesterday, uh, which was this past yesterday, Tuesday, uh, they had another game. And um, they did not show up for this game. They, they played well. Overall, they played well, but they lost. And then uh, me and Ava had a discussion because, like, you know, I'm not that dad yelling, do better. I'm not that guy. But I can't sit here and be like, yeah, baby, all that matters is that you guys had fun. That matters, but it's not all that matters. So we had to talk, you know, things that she could have done better. I didn't down her at all. I said, hey, you did well. I pointed out the things that you did well. I talked about the plays she did well in. And then I talked about the things that she didn't do well, things that we're going to improve on. And that's exactly what we did today. We went before practice. We had practice today, but before practice... Daddy and Ava got to throw some balls, hit some ground balls. I gave her a timer as to how long she has to get to the ball and then throw it. Uh, you know, how long she has to get to the ball and then how long that ball has to, to get out of her hands. Uh, all that happens in a total of five seconds. But anyway, it was a good learning experience. They got to experience failure. And uh, we're going to see what happens at this Saturday's game. So I'm very excited about that. So between that, the dental appointments and... um. You know what's crazy about dental appointments, by the way? Uh, Ava lost her two um, canines, right? The top two teeth, like the, the, the fangs, the vampire fangs. They're called canines, I guess. Well, she lost one of them. The other one's like loose and about to fall out. 
But she's not seven yet, and normally the age that you lose those is somewhere between um, uh, nine and eleven. So they got us going to see an uh, orthodontist to to make sure, like, when those teeth grow in, that there's actually room for them. Because you know, when you're nine to eleven years old, you're obviously bigger. Uh, your mouth is bigger. Uh, your your mouth has more room for teeth to come in, all that good jazz. Um, so hopefully everything checks out. Um, I don't know what's up, man. Like er, genetically, everything is fine. But when it comes to when it comes to um, teeth, I don't know what it is. Uh, straight teeth between me and Amanda, no braces, none of that good stuff. But little man was born with his two bottom. Uh, front teeth. Uh, Ava's over here losing teeth early. I, don't, I have no idea. Maybe it's something I'm feeding them. But, all right. Here we go. This part right here, um, this book that I'm into, I got the other day. I actually got a, a shit ton of books for my um, spring break slash summer reading list. It's about, uh, I ordered about 20 books. I just like the way paper and books feel in my hand. And on top of that, people think I'm smarter when I carry one around. By the way, I never carry one around. But this book is called The Courage to Be Disliked, and uh, I started reading it about two days ago, and haven't, or three days ago, and I uh, haven't been able to put it down, and I'm uh, a little over halfway through it. And it's uh, it talks about psychology, right? It talks about the psychology of a uh, man, uh, or uh, you know, theories of of a man, uh, a man named Alfred Adler. He's an Australian. Um, uh, say he's just an Australian dude, all right, uh, psychiatrist, um, philosopher, uh, just a guy, right, uh, he was back in the Sigmund Freud era, and everybody knows who Sigmund Freud is for whatever fucking reason, um, but we'll get into that here in a second, but anyway, Adler's psychology takes a stance saying that trauma does not exist, right, so his book is written out like a dialogue between uh, a young man and a philosopher, so, saying that trauma doesn't exist, right? And the philosopher explains, he's like, suppose you have a cold with a high fever, and you've got to see, and you've gone to go see a doctor, right? Then, suppose the doctor says, the reason for your sickness is that yesterday you went out, you weren't dressed well enough, and that's why you've caught a cold. Now, would that be satisfying uh, to hear? Like, would you be satisfied with that diagnosis, right? And the youth says, no, of course not, it wouldn't. It wouldn't matter to me uh, what the reason was. Uh, the why, the way I was dressed or because it was raining or whatever. It's the symptoms. The fact that I'm suffering with a high fever now is what would matter to me. If he's a doctor, I need him to treat me by prescribing medicine, giving shots, or taking whatever specialized measures necessary. And the philosopher says, you know, those are um, those are pretty much the Sigmund, uh, the, the Sigmund Freud stance, right? Um, and a lot of the stances a lot of most counselors and psychiatrists take. And um, uh, they would argue that you were suffering from um, suching, from something that stemmed in the past, right? Such and such in the past, right? You got a cold because you were, you know, you got sick today because you were out yesterday, whatever the case is. And they would end up consoling you by saying, you know, so you see it's not your fault that you're sick. It's because you were, you know, out and, you know, it was raining or it was cold. Um, so... That is where the Adler psychology comes in, and they deny the existence of trauma altogether, or it denies the, the existence of trauma altogether. Um, 
said an Adler psychology trauma is uh, definitively denied. Uh, this is uh, a very new and a revolutionary point. Uh, certainly, the Freud view of trauma is fascinating. Um, and this is the philosopher uh, writing this out. Freud's idea is that a person's um, uh, mental wounds, traumas, cause his or her present unhappiness, uh, where you treat a person's life as a vast narrative, right? So you're like the whole you're you're looking at the whole life to treat today. Um, there is an easily understandable uh, causality and sense of dramatic development that creates strong impressions and is extremely attractive. Um, and that's that's the, the counseling that you get most of the time nowadays, right? You know, you're unhappy today, it's because your uncle diddled you when you were seven years old. Got it. You know what I mean? Just an example or whatever the case is. But Adler, you know, uh, he denied uh, that trauma argument. And he states the following. No experience is in itself a cause of of our success or failure we do not suffer from the shock of our experiences the so-called trauma but instead we make out of them whatever suits our purpose we are not determined by our experiences but we but the meaning we give them itself is self-determining let me say that again we are not determined by our experiences but the meaning we give them is self-determining you know so we make them whatever suits our purpose, right? You want to have a reason that you failed or that you, uh, you know, started doing drugs or you're addicted to something, right? And this hit home because I was, for me, for my example, right? I, um, I told you guys I've been drinking a lot and uh, I, I started reading this book and I haven't drank since I read this book and I don't plan on drinking recreationally for no fucking reason ever again. Not because of this book, but I mean, you know, mixed in with the health reasons, all this stuff. But it gave me a, it gave me a, another vantage point, another viewpoint on all this right here, like a bird's eye view on myself. Said, um, you know, you focus on, on the point Adler is making here, when he refers to the self being determined not by our experiences themselves, but by the meaning we give them. He's not saying that the experience of a horrible tragedy or abuse during childhood or other such incidents have no influence on forming the personality. Their influences are strong. But the important thing is not the important thing is that nothing is actually determined by those influences. We determine our own lives according to the meaning we give to those past experiences. Your life is not something that someone gives you, but something you choose yourself. And you are the one who decides how to live, right? I've said this in previous uh, podcasts that like your brain is, uh, it's a paradox, right? You, it teaches itself and it also heals itself. You know, you use your brain to literally, it, it, it grows, right? It, um, so that stance, that point of view is that, you know, like nothing in your past is has determined you know where you're at right now, but it's it's giving you the, um, it's it's, god damn it, man, this is like deep for me. <laughs> this is deep, deep. Um, I don't know. A- anyway, just just to sum it up on how I feel about it, right? Is I feel right now, just the way I felt over the last two and a half years, is that I don't want to be defined by what's happened to me, right? Whether it was my childhood, whether it was my adolescence, whether it was my uh, 
my my later youth and and you know younger 20s early 20s whatever the case is every day is a fresh start every day is a new day whatever the fuck happened yesterday happened yesterday and we so often dwell on the shit that happened yesterday everybody has the power to change every day is an opportunity to change and every day is a new day if i sit here today dwelling on yesterday i'm not going to get anywhere today tomorrow's going to get here i'm going to dwell on today and then not get anywhere tomorrow and that's just the 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 cycle, right? Once again, not dumbing down anything that's happened in anybody's past, anybody's childhood, <clears throat> but whatever's happened to you, from my point of view, from my personal opinion here, the world according to Fadi, once again, not a doctor, I get it, there's people out there that are way smarter than me, good for you, and I'll give you a round of applause, but um, from my point of view, um, I think there's a lot of people out there that want to justify their behaviors, justify their place in life because they're afraid of where they're they're at and they want to they're afraid of where, you know, what 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 else could be out there, right? You want to tell yourself that you're not good enough. You want to tell yourself that you're, you know, you have this issue, that you have this problem. And um you want to identify that within yourself and you want to hide from people, for example, right? It's not because you really hate yourself. It's because you are afraid that, you know, if you actually put yourself out there, uh, you might actually be rejected for what you're thinking. You know what I mean? But there's somebody out there that loves you. There's a lot of people out there that probably love you. I don't know if that makes sense at all. Or people come up with fucking phobia sometimes just to just to enable a uh, an action, right? Like people that can't leave the house. You can absolutely leave the house, right? The phobia is real, but you created that phobia. Your brain created that phobia. You know, there's there's a lot of things that your brain, you, you tell your brain what to do and your brain does it, right? And then it develops and it becomes part of who you are and then you think you can't shake it, right? Um, let me not get all the way out there. Uh, let me bring it back to me. Um, I went through some shit, right? Uh, you'd call it trauma. I'd call it trauma. I still call it trauma. My daughter is going through some shit. I'd call it trauma. You'd call it trauma. The thing is, though, we went through it. We're still going through it. It's something that happened. It's not a decisive factor. I don't want to tell my daughter, that's it, your life ended when your mom's life ended. It shouldn't be that way. And there's nothing I'm going to fucking do to ever make it that way. There's other people that have gone through similar issues, similar events, right? And their life legitly ended. Their life took a dive, um, whether it was drugs, alcohol, um a mixture of the both, or they just decide, you know, we're just going to be reckless and do dumb shit. What is the difference between people, right? We all are, I guess, we're all we're all the same. We're all equipped with the same heart, brain, um, whatever the case is. I think the only thing that changes based on uh, geographical location is uh, upbringing and level of education, Right? But they don't teach you this shit in, in school. Like, you know, in your upbringing, most parents don't teach you shit in school. I mean, shit in your upbringing. They just bring you up based on what they know. So it's just passed down um, tribal knowledge. So what is the difference between somebody that can go through some something hellacious and somebody that can't go through something hellacious? The only difference is literally that person and their will or their why, right? You got your will versus your why, right? Some people have a reason to get through whatever they're getting through. And that reason is stronger than the event that happened in their life. For me, it was my kids, right? That my kids, 
I can't tell you where I'd be right now if it wasn't for my kids. I don't know if I'd be better off or worse off. I'd like to think I'd be worse off because my kids make me a better person. Or they bring the better out of me, I'll say that. But, you know, where there's the will, there's also a why. Or hopefully there should be a why somewhere. So my kids are my why. So what happens to the people that fail? Is it because their will isn't strong enough? And then where does that come from? Where does the will come from? Is there a gene? Is there part of your DNA? So that's why this, this book hit home for me. I do believe everybody is capable of being resilient. I do think everybody is capable of getting through some things, right? And not empowering the events that happen, whether they were childhood events, whether they're marital events, whether they're whatever events. I'm not going to sit here and and literally um, die with Amanda. I'd, I'd refuse to die with Amanda. There's There are people that count on me. I've counted on myself my entire life, all right? My kids count on me. Uh, my my I feel like there's people that just count on me. Whoever the fuck they are, they count on me. Uh, whether I count on them or not, outside my kids, that's it. Just my kids. But, like, that's important to me. That's important to fucking tell myself repeatedly that this is bigger than me. And when I mean this, I mean my life. My life is bigger than me. My life is going to echo, you know, positively or negatively. Um, and that's going to be what we call a legacy. I want my, my life to positive. I'm sorry. I want my life to echo positively and negatively. I don't care. You know what I mean? I want I want it to echo, but I need to be here for it to echo. So I don't care what my legacy is. My kids will. Um, they will know who daddy is. But I, I need to be present um, for my life to continue to echo, if that makes sense. There are people out there that don't understand that. And I think they don't understand that is because today's society... We so often look for the excuse, the reason. Everybody wants to know why. Hey, I feel this way. Why? And it's an entire business. Not not saying therapy is not a good thing. I'm not saying psychiatrists are bad. I'm just saying it's easier to dig into somebody's past and then to just find one fucking uh-oh and then say this is why, you know, this is why you're not succeeding at work. This is why your marriage isn't succeeding, right? You're not good at being a husband. You're not good at being a wife because you didn't grow up in a household where you had a good example of a good mom and dad, a good husband and wife situation. To me, that's bullshit. I get it. I'm not a doctor. You guys might have gone through a psychiatrist or a therapist that told you that shit. Got it. But um, I heard this thing before, right? Um, and this is going to be a little vulgar here, but just hear me out. Um a woman's like, uh, I don't know how to cook. My mom never showed me how to cook. Cool. Got it. All right. Well, you know how to suck dick, and I'm sure your mom didn't teach you how to suck dick. So once again, just because you didn't grow up with that example of a good mother and father in your household or a good or a good like dual parenting situation does not mean you're not capable of it. You fucking obviously know what one looks like. You watch TV shows, you've seen movies, you got friends, peers, colleagues, whoever, and you know what understand being a good person, a good wife or a good husband to your fucking spouse is. So that bullshit where like, hey, look, you just traumatize when you're you're actively making a choice every day to continue not wanting to be better at something. So rather than looking back and say, hey, I'm weak because of this or I suck because of that and enabling the weakness and the suckiness, then fucking just tell yourself, today's the day that I'm just end all this shit. I'm going to fucking stop being weak and sucky, right? And man, I fucking love talking about this right now because I feel like I actually got my words together, right? 
If you guys want to look up more about the Adler psychology, right? Alfred Adler, look him up, look up his work. I think a lot of this stuff right here, a lot of the things that like that that draws you to to my story, the things that draw you to this podcast, for whatever reason, I think you'd get a lot out of Alfred Adler. I really do, and I am ashamed um, that I didn't pay more attention to him and his work uh, when I was actually studying this shit. <laughs> Uh, but this book is amazing. Um, anyway, God damn it. Whew. That was a mouthful and it wasn't intended to be a mouthful. I want to talk to you guys in a straight line. So you guys understand in a straight line, right? I just don't believe that there's a cause to the effect. I think there's a choice to the effect, right? I don't care what happened in the cause area, right? Um, there are plenty of people. I had this best friend, man, dude named Jimmy when I was growing up. Uh, he went to the Marines about two years before I joined the military. And he's, you know, this was right after 9-11 we both joined. Uh, I think he joined in, in 2004, I joined in 2005. Or or maybe he joined in 03 and I joined in 05. I don't know. Something, about, uh, something along those lines, right? And, uh, you know, the height of the war, everything. He's going out there. Um, he's, he's obviously done some shit. And he came back uh, a few times. And, uh... Fucked up, right? Fucked up. Um, and there's a lot of guys out there like that, right? They they they've gone out and they they've seen some things at a young age that their brain wasn't able to process at the time they saw it. And uh, I I can't speak to everybody, so I'm not going to. But in Jimmy's case, um, he came back and uh, he wasn't really thriving uh, personally or in life. He just he couldn't get over the, his time spent um, overseas. And it turned into some drugs. It turned into some addictions, and it just, it, it just, I don't know. I, I just, I lost, I lost my friend. All right, not he didn't die. I just, I lost the person I grew up with. I lost the person I knew. Um, I just lost him, right? And I haven't really felt like I know he's doing better now, but I just, I haven't felt like I got my friend back. All right, and then there's folks that I know uh, a lot of um, have gone overseas and done uh, multiple tours in theater and uh, I've seen some shit and have done some shit and they've come back and they've you know there's a hiccup here and there or there's a you know, flashback here and there but nothing in the sense of like what Jimmy went through so once again I go back to like what is the difference between the people are you telling me that person grew up seeing a whole bunch of traumatic shit so that person came back and he's like yeah hey, it's nothing it's easy day war was nothing war is a breeze no no I don't think that at all right um, I don't think that, oh man, the dude played a whole bunch of video games and seen some gory shit, so you should be able to go to war, come back, and be all good about it. No, I don't think that. So what's the difference between that guy and Jimmy? Or that, that gal, right? Because both genders go to war. Uh, what's the difference? Why can people go see some shit, or go through some shit, and come back from it unscathed mentally, or not as crippled mentally? Right, because I think there's a little bit of there's that little aftershock to everything that we see, uh, good and bad. Right, it, it our memory just works the way it works. But like, what is the difference between people, man? Are are you like so? If you're acknowledging that there's a difference, are you acknowledging that there's like superhumans out there? Like, are there superpowers out there? Is there super brains out there? Is there super genetics out there? Is there super DNA? If the answer is no, because I think we all have. I think we're it's pretty much all even playing field um in most factors mentally, right? Unless there's something identifiably uh like that's understood that you're, you know, that's diagnosable. Um 
is there something different? To me, I don't think so. I think it goes back to that whole, like the the mentality of it, how you approach it, how the meaning you give to what you just went through, right? Do you see something where you can, did something happen to you where you feel like, all right, now I'm going to use this to empower my, my eating disorder. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to use this to empower my, my sleeping, um, or my, my alcohol abuse. Uh, you know, am I going to use this as an excuse to empower my, my infidelities, right? Um, my, my, my physical abuse on my kids, right? I don't, I don't know. Like I grew up getting my ass beat. I'm not going to sit here and beat my kids, right? I pop them like not like you know what I mean beat my ass um i know i know a lot of people that grew up in shitty households and they they're here now like some of the most phenomenal parents i'm not just saying that cuz i see pictures on facebook i know them to be phenomenal parents i know some people that had phenomenal parents and some of the worst fucking they then they grew up to be some of the worst fucking adult uh, adult examples that i can think of for a child right and i hope their kids don't fucking emulate their behavior their 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 immaturity um, so what the fuck is the difference? What is at the core of all this? At the core of all this is you, how you, how you address, how you view and how you define what happens to you. So if you're able to understand that, then you're able to move past pretty much anything and everything. In my opinion, pretty much, let me emphasize the word pretty much. Once again, I'm not a doctor. I don't know everything. I don't fucking know. I'm just talking based off our conversations that we have, the things that we've talked about. And you guys know who you are. Right, the things that the messages have come across, and you guys know who you are. Nothing that's come across me has been like so. Oh my God, I, you know, there's, there's the, um, we're not even gonna get into those, man. There's, there's just a lot of you guys out there that that need that hard look in the mirror that we've talked about so many times. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, why the fuck am I letting this shit get me down? Why the fuck am I still here when I know I don't want to be here? I want to be like that person, but why do I want to be like that person? I don't even fucking know that person. I just want to be a better version of myself. And what's stopping me other than that person that's looking back at me in that fucking mirror? Nothing. Nothing. I tell myself the same fucking shit. I refuse to fail, right? Everybody looked at me when I first, when everything first fucking happened over here. Everybody looked at me like I was going to fucking fail. How is he going to manage with a brand new baby, a fucking newborn and a four-year-old? I can't imagine what they're going through over there. I can't imagine what he, what he's feeling. I can't, don't fucking imagine it. Just let me live my life, right? It's the outside noise that fucking creates doubt. It's the outside noise that gets inside and becomes toxic. It becomes like a pollution inside of you, right? Where that self-doubt starts happening because of the outside doubt. You as you yourself, I believe, like me, I believe I'm a confident person. I was confident before this shit happened. Everybody used to call me cocky all the fucking time. Well, my cockiness was my armor. My cockiness is still my armor. My cockiness is my confidence, my ability to do what I do. And you guys have the same ability, all right? I don't know who you are that I'm talking to right now, but literally, everybody that's fucking listening to this shit, you have the same ability, all right? I'm going on a tangent right now. Oh, by the way, look, I told you guys, I'm done with the alcohol shit. Like, I'll celebrate, not celebrate like get drunk, celebrate like have a drink. Um, whenever that time comes around, I don't see that time happening anytime soon. But um, I'm a uh, man. I'm just, I feel, I feel good. I feel clear about this. I feel like everybody's been telling me like, hey man, you should be sad because of because of this. Right, because this happened to you, but why it happened to me? Why should I be sad today? Because it happened. Because of something that happened to me yesterday. Today's today, right? 
I can sit there and I'll pay respect to what happened. And I'll be somber sometimes about what happened just because my memories are so, my memories are still there and my love is still there for her. And I don't think that's going to go away anytime soon. And I don't want it to go, right? I've never been in love the way I've been in love with her. I never, I don't think I'll ever be in love the same way um, that I was with her. It's my, my first everything, right? Love that woman. Always going to be loving that woman. Got two kids that look just like her ass. I get to see her every fucking day. I get to see her every day when I look at both of them. So, yes, I get to sit there and live that piece. But living that piece, I'm, I'm, my view, the meaning I'm giving it is a meaning of, of happiness, right? That I still have a piece of her with me. Not looking at them and being depressed that I don't have her with me. It's all about how you view shit. So look at what's happening in your life. Look at what's making you up and down. And look at the meaning you're giving it. Alright? I'm going to leave you guys with that. I love you guys, man. My arms feel heavy and you get tired of swimming. It's okay. Take a deep breath in and just float. I'll be right there floating with you. Alright? Love you guys.